Hi everyone, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the following podcast belong solely to the host and its contributors. They are not necessarily the views of our employers, organizations, committees, or other group or individual. I'm David Campbell. And I'm Joseph Whitney. This is Brewing with BIM. Where we talk about construction processes, technology, BIM, and beer. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Brewing with BIM. As always, I'm Joe Whitney, and with me is Dave Campbell. What's going on, Dave? Hey, Joe, not much, not much. Another beautiful day, and a beautiful day here in Indiana. It's warm. You know what, man? Uh, Usually when you say it's a beautiful day, it's like um, 9 o'clock my time, and it's like, you know, 6 o'clock your time, the sun's still out. But we're in the same time zones, or at least near the same time zones, man. This is Ah, I'm so, so happy. For those of our listeners that didn't know, Dave is uh, back to Indiana, um, relocated back there. He's going to be uh, helping spur our uh, some some fun things there and, uh, you know, being a wealth of knowledge to those in the area. Uh, man, you got to be good to be home, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, man. It's been pretty awesome. I mean, uh, having to get used to the Indiana uh, weather again. I'm not going to lie to you about that. There, uh, it's it's pretty warm to say the least. And did you so, guys have snow like a, a few days ago or something, or a few weeks? Maybe it was like two weeks ago or something. Yeah, they had snow here. Luckily, I was able to miss that. But <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was able to miss that one at least. And they're talking about uh, snow. They're supposed to get cold again. It might snow here within the next couple days which seems pretty unbelievable to me at this point because it's like 85 today and humid. Uh, I don't think I've been able to escape the heat today. I'm kind of missing the, the, the Pacific Northwest coolness at this point in time. <laughs> yeah, the, the moderate climate of the Pacific Northwest where at best you'll, you'll only need a light rain jacket. That's it. I, it, was, it was beautiful there. It takes some getting used to, but I promise you, man, um, put a hammock in your backyard once you guys are all set up and uh start working from there in the summertime it's gonna it's gonna make your it's gonna make your uh your summers a lot nicer yeah man definitely uh well hey guys uh before we dive into this uh topics and the fun stuff we've got going on today i gotta ask you man what are you drinking dude today it's 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 a hot one so i am drinking a honey jack is actually what i'm drinking today on ice nice nice uh, it's a little warm here too. I think it's 84, not quite as humid as where you are. Um, you know, it's been tolerable, but uh, I'm drinking, uh, you know, good old standby bullet bourbon rye. Got a little bit of a Coke zero in there, you know, got to watch my girlish figure here, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, um, Hey man, I'm going keto. I'm trying, I'm trying new things here. We're going to, we're going to see how this works out. Uh, but a little little Coke Zero just to change the color, you know, it helps. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, I agree, I agree. So uh, today, man, we're gonna be kind of geeking out with a lot of stuff. You know, it's been been a while since you and I have had like just a good old geek session, just chatting about random topics. No agenda, uh, no no set, um, you know, person to interview this episode. It's just you and me back back and forth. Uh, running down tangents like the good old days. I mean, we've got our whole mini series coming up soon, and uh, some some uh, guests that we've got interviews scheduled for. But uh, man, this feels good just to have no real agenda. You know, just uh, yeah. a few topics and bullets, and kind of get after it. I agree, man. I really do. So, uh, with that said, man, you've you've had a lot on your plate lately, but you're still getting pulled in a lot of directions. Like you're still a a guy that's uh, doing a lot with BIM and scanning and, um, you know, the construction cloud and, and just about every aspect known to man all over the country. Like you're, you're a busy guy. Is there anything that's been standing out recently that, that I don't know, it's just something that you just got to get off your chest. Oh man. I don't know. There's been so much, honestly, just, you know, so much learning with uh, with BIM 360 and, and getting certified there with the new, um, well, ACC, the Autodesk Construction Cloud, and 
how to really tie these workflows together, getting a lot of feedback and a lot of questions from clients in terms of like, hey, are, are 3D measurements possible? You know, now we can do 2D measurements in the in the mobile app or 3D measurements possible. Are we going to see, you know, the takeoff application on a mobile you know, device, uh, you know, different things like that. So um, it's it's kind of been all over. But uh, another big thing I've seen, it's it's kind of funny, but I mean, scanning, dude, is, is has come back again. Uh, it seems like it, it doesn't really go away, though, at, at a certain point. I, I think um, warmer weather brings it out, man. Now that the weather's, yeah. you know, starting to get there, the projects are kicking off. It's on everybody's mind right now. It's It seems like uh, just about everybody we know is out scanning or, or looking for scan services. I got to give a shout out real quick to Greg Hale while we're talking about scanning. Who's on this episode of, uh, how, or I don't know, eight months ago or something like that. It's it's been a while. Sorry, Greg, I've got no memory, so I don't I don't know the exact date or episode number. But uh, Greg was on chatting about scanning. Uh, he does a lot of stuff for the Scan to BIM uh, University uh, and a lot of other stuff. I had somebody reach out to me about scan to BIM and he just went out there, scanned their whole project for them and just blew their mind. Now they're looking at doing scanning and scan to BIM on every project across the country. It's, it's amazing how, uh, how much cost savings were involved with it. And, um, the, the, the detail and the, the data that come, came out of it because he actually handed them a model. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. Um, Another thing that we probably should dive into here at some point, because we are a BIM podcast, mm-hmm. is uh, Revit 22, 2022. It's hard to say 2022. Um, you know, it's out now, man. Uh, have you seen anybody adopted in mass in, in your dealings? Is there, I mean, usually everybody likes to wait for a service pack or two and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff, but you know, what are some of the big buzzes that you're seeing out of it? Have you uh, had a chance to to play with yourself? I know, again, you've been relocating across country, so I don't fault you if you haven't. Just curious, uh, you know, where where your your um, path has been. So, I mean, I've done I've done some research. No, I haven't been able to spend enough time in it yet. I really need to uh, take the next couple of weeks and really dive into it. Um, I mean, I'm excited about the buzz around it and excited about the workflows that I've heard of and uh, um, such as the inventor to Revit workflow where inventor is actually creating RVT files now that will go directly, like translate directly into Revit and then Revit can send it back to inventor. I mean, that for manufacturing and kind of prefabrication to me really sticks out to, you know, a lot of these different uh, designers and, and different companies uh, to help kind of, again, bridge that gap between um, the different softwares, right? Making sure that they can communicate appropriately and that they are getting the precision that they need. Um, I, I was really excited about that. You know, the new InfoWorks, of course, I'm excited about um, and, and the integrations there within Revit and, and Formit, honestly. Uh, the Revit integrations within Formit are, are looking pretty awesome as well. The capability to, of course, pull those elements in, specify materials, all that, you know, the conceptual workflow into Revit, you're really seeing that um, that format kind of functionality being increased and and essentially kind of giving us that uh, that more more of a usage case. I feel like it's it is really becoming quite useful and and I feel like it, it is easy to use, but a lot of the uh, the data translation. Kind of that's what we saw in the past was that that data data translation was kind of lost, and I think they're really focusing on that, especially for Revit 22 and kind of moving forward, is uh, making sure that you know the materials do transfer. This is a wall, this is a floor, you know, different things like that. We can start kind of categorizing um, and sending these different elements into Revit. And what I'm also really excited about is the bi-directional communication that that hopefully we're going to see with the construction cloud pretty soon. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big uh, person for the construction cloud and, and connected workflows, connected solutions. And um, when I start seeing or hearing about bi-directional communication from, let's say, the design application into uh, the, the cloud, such as, you know, the construction cloud here, ACC, uh, BIM 360. But the fact that, 
let's say you create an issue and you know you're referencing in another file you see an issue with that file or that link right you can essentially send that issue back up to bim 360 and then it will tag that person that position that company etc um, in that issue so it pushes it back down to their model so again we're starting to see that design review kind of portion that coordination and collaboration really gets to uh, a whole nother level right at that point if you're if you're creating issues and saying hey uh, i'm trying to run my my pipe here but you know there's something here or i need to run it around or you know let's say that they actually do run a pipe through a through a column hey let me go ahead and create this issue let me say hey, this is this is obviously a issue that we want to take care of and we want to get addressed as soon as possible so it doesn't cost us any more money or time and you know we have that uh, chain and that constant flow of communication so I, i'm seeing a lot of good things for kind of bim in general in all honesty and and construction yeah man um you unpacked a lot right there the first part that just really got me is when you were talking about infoworks and the conceptual design whether it's an infoworks or format um i gotta say man i feel like more planning has happening more now than it has ever happened um or maybe i'm just more immersed in it and it's on my brain but i feel like i'm seeing it more prevalently that there's uh, out, specifically with government agencies, more focus on the the conceptual side, um, less so for you know the puff piece marketing pieces that we you know presentations that we you know put together in, in our lifetime, but uh, for like real analysis, real visualization, and and utilizing uh, uh, data like GIS data and that sort of stuff, and bringing it in to to visualize and compare and give you all sorts of analysis. Um, we we have a, a friend uh, that that works uh, at a government agency in Oregon that um, was really integral integral uh, for getting uh, InfoWorks involved there, and they use it on like every project. They just loved it. Well, I've been involved with like government agencies, uh, you know, DOTs and and um, uh, turnpike commissions, and um, you know, just about every type of government agency you can think of across across the country. And you know, we're seeing tools like uh, what is it, Bentley Concept Station, Autodesk Infoworks, uh, being brought up more and more and more. And I just got to say, man, like I'm, I'm so intrigued at, at this new process. And maybe it's not that we weren't using uh, planning uh, tools in the past. It's maybe that it was just a really roundabout way to do it. And now they're starting to look at new technologies like these. Not that Infoworks or Concept Station are all that new, but um, definitely newer in the design standard, designs, design realm. Um, on the architectural side, um, uh, you know, SketchUp's kind of always been the conceptual, but uh, we've seen Formit start to take uh, hold, especially with the, um, you know, the direct links and stuff with Revit. And that way you're not, you know, losing all of your materials and all that sort of stuff. Uh, is that uh, something that you've been diving in more with uh, Formit? I know back in the day you were a big Formit guy, so I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, I've been trying to dive more into it here and there because I see a lot of the conceptual usage um, obviously is beneficial and, and linking kind of going back and forth between the two um, is very beneficial, not only for architects, but I feel like a lot of different um, project partners. Uh, we, I want to say not just with even conceptual design, but logistics and kind of planning in that sense. Um, it can be quite easy oh, to use okay. something such as Formit, you know, to draw buildings, to draw, you know, hey, let's store this here, let's store that there, let's make, you know, kind of key plans, let's, you know, I mean, it's either Formit or you can use Infoworks for also directing traffic on your site, figuring out what trucks are going to go where. There's a lot of different uses that we can, can really look into um, for, you know, connecting data from Infoworks or Formit. That's crazy, man. I didn't even think about that. I've uh, I've been involved with some stuff where we were using, uh, you know, various tools, 3ds Max, all that sort of stuff to kind of visualize um, how we want things to um, ha happen. Uh, even, you know, to go as far as using Revit and Navisworks to create timelines and, you know, sequences and all that sort of stuff. Um, that said, man, 
using format actually makes a lot of sense. I know, um, uh, you know, site utility contractors who use SketchUp or SketchUp-like tools uh, just to, you know, simply draw uh, uh, temporary retaining walls or something like that because, you know, modeling and detailing, it takes quite a bit of time. But just to, you know, I didn't even think about this use case for format. Just to go in there with format and, and draw it, you know, it's pretty easy. Um, I'm I'm going to plead ignorance here, but does Formit have a tablet or an iPad app or something like it that? It does. Yes, it does. It definitely Dude, has uh, support for a mobile app. It's awesome. That's that's it right there, man. Take that out into the field. Do your quick markups. Um, and, and let's just say, hey, if there's a, a conceptual piece to this, you can actually turn it into a model later on. We can create masses out of stuff. We can... Um, uh, tie it to Dynamo if you're into that sort of thing and uh, get all programmatical with it. And that's probably not even the word Pro programmetric. That, that's probably the word programmetric. I'm going to go with that um, <laughs> uh, with it. Sorry, man. I've been uh, watching a lot of America says lately. So whenever he corrects himself, he's like, yeah, 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 let's go with that. That sounds right. And now I catch myself saying that all the time. So sorry, man. No, that's awesome. And then um, getting into the connected construction component. You know, like, I don't even want to talk about uh, products or platforms or anything like that, but just the idea of being able to view and uh, interact with multiple file types without needing to install separate products. I can't tell you how many, you know, do you have the correct version of the, of, of Revit or CAD or whatever it is? Um, you know, are you going to be able to see this? Hey, oh, this was created in, in Revit 2021. Oh, I'm on Revit 2017. Or, uh, sorry, Revit. I'm in Civil 3D 2021. Oh, I'm in AutoCAD 2017. Oh, we'll go download this uh, object yep. enabler. And uh, it still will come in as proxy objects because it was newer. But, you know, you get some of the data. I don't know. It's just too much. It's too much. But, you know, now we've got this idea of platforms. And we're not just everybody saving to PDFs. We're actually getting to this uh, a digital uh, construction environment, not just well, you know, yeah, dude. It's 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 becoming a buzzword nowadays. But the the common data environment. I mean, that's really the goal. I here, took my and that's what I we're seeing. It. <laughs> there it is. Oh, there's uh, your but yeah, dude. I mean, it, it's 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 that common data environment. Everybody is seeing it's beneficial, you know, for storing these files for everyone to access. You know, setting permissions. We are able to create dashboards in a sense or these overviews and kind of specify what we want certain people to see, you know, different stakeholders, give them different permission levels into the access of the information. So you're not overwhelming them, but you're telling them exactly what they want to know or, you know, giving them the capability to find that information. That's very powerful, especially, you know, in today's age. And, and I mean, even you, you got to think about some of these owners and these building reps are spending so much money and you got to think that you feel disconnected in a way during that process of, of you know, your property getting built. Um, like you don't know what's going on. You want to know what's being installed. You want to know what is where, what progress, you know, if we're going to be on schedule or not. Um, that, that's very pertinent information for a stakeholder like an owner and to be able to you know, just look at this information or find this information in one area, right? And it's interesting that I say that again, one area, because let's think about that for a second. It's a common environment for your owner, for your field personnel, architects or engineers or, you know, what have you. It's, it's, it's an environment for everyone to access and get the data that they need. Um, either referenced or, of course, viewing and things like that. So it, it's it's very beneficial for, um, I, I want to say, like the entire kind of company and the entire project in that sense, because, again, it's, in, it's really enabling the collaboration and uh, coordination of those models of that project, of that data, you know, what have you. It, it's It's enabling that again stream of kind of communication during that project that's that's really the big thing about it it's that that stream of communication and that stream of information that is is needed so you're talking about um uh you know benefits to the owner here um you know when i think about benefits to the owner especially in the uh cde space um you know something that 
is blowing my mind lately that I love playing with has come to light, and that is uh, uh, Autodesk Tandem. Uh, yeah. On a, you know, using the Forge Viewer for visualizations and, um, you know, really bringing that data, to, uh, you know, digital twin thing to life. Dude, this is getting so ridiculous. I'm I'm so excited excited about it. I agree, bro. I'm 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 very excited as well about it. Um, I mean, I can't wait to see the possibilities that it unlocks. Honestly, um, it, it's just, I mean, you know, that digital twin. That again is another kind of buzzword of our of our day these days. Um, everybody talks about the digital twin and how that information is handled or what a digital twin even is. You know, um, a lot of people will say, well, in order for it to be a twin, it has to grow. It has to evolve. Um, you, you know, it has to kind of keep growing and, and going as that project, as that building evolves, because if it doesn't look the same, it's not a twin. Now, of course, we could get into the whole argument of is that a Siamese twin or a fraternal twin, you know, that kind of thing. But in all in all reality, uh, we're looking for that information. Obviously, a scan of a lot of times will give us the the twin of that building, but it's a picture, right? In in a moment of time is really what it is. A scan is that picture in the in that moment of time. The digital twin, in my mind would be something like that scan or let's say the model but let's really be real about it it's the information um the information needs to be adjusted it needs to be updated right it, it needs to be kind of shared and positioned in a way where everyone can access it whether they are a stakeholder such as an owner or they are a maintenance personnel or they're an engineer downstream wanting to look at, you know, PNIDs or these different connections. Um, everyone needs to have access into a common environment. You know, really, the, I, I want to say the, the benefit of accessibility and, and transparency with, with these buildings and these, these models these projects yeah man um I, I just think that um it, it's it's only going to become more pertinent right models are uh kind of the lifeblood as we talk about bim i know johan on you're you're kicking yourself right now uh saying <laughs> bim is more than models but it is it is it is but you know it, at the it's same where time starting yep. right yeah um it gives us the data it's just an easy way for us to organize that data um you now, know let me ask you joey what is the first like uh what, what is the first thing you think about with a project that might be what i guess what is the first thing you think about with bim like one of the uh the big tools of bim one of the big processes the biggest um one of the biggest kind of uh reasons people adopt bim what would you say it is? Um, well, I mean, right off the bat, for me, coming from the, the construction side, I think it's going to be the coordination aspect. Um, you know, actually, probably twofold. twofold. Um, co coordination so that you can do clash detection, but also coordination so you can have a federated model um, for everybody to review. And, you know, that's just an amazing place to um, to get your measurements from and start your layout process and all that sort of stuff, which is again we're, where i came from so that's what i think of i think of it <laughs> as the biggest cost savings but the data geek in me the gis freaking nerd here is like shoot man it's got to be the the data on the back end not just the geometry for clash detection it's got to be your deliverable to the owner so that they can actually you know from day one have have uh, all the data in a, in a manageable format um mm -hmm. and you know manage all the equipment assets warranty information uh, commissioning you know information, I, all that I, stuff. I just, there. I keep wanting to say it, man. In in my mind, it's uh, it's visualization. Mm. That's the like the one of the biggest like that. That's for me as an overarching kind of concept. Yeah. But at the same time, visualization Dude. is one of the most important. Like the seller. Oh, is, it is. It's yeah, it, it's market. a seller. Yeah. It's it's how you get someone involved so, with you know, general contracting or subs or the owner, Let me, everyone wants visualization into that data. 
let me let me be a little devil's advocate here for you. Um, do you remember, I don't know, 15 years ago when you had architects saying we do BIM um, and they were just providing a 3D model, but it wasn't a great 3D model. It was literally a visualization tool. Yep. But not not saying that architects need to do BIM. I think it starts with architects. I think, you know, they especially uh, dependent depending on the contract type and their role in the construction process, they set the tone for everybody else. Um, but, you know, when you produce a pretty 3D model, uh, I think that often gets confused with with uh, what BIM is. But real BIM, you know, the, the an accurate model, having good data, um, you know, accurate enough, I, I'll say. Um, but the visualization aspect, visualization aspect, like that is the huge seller. I've got so many construction f- firms amped about uh, virtual reality and augmented reality and stuff solely because they can sell it uh, back to the owner as uh, here you can sell your condos before they're even built type mm-hmm. thing. Um, it's it's amazing, man. I'm 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 blown away. Oh, and and uh, working with architectures, uh, architect firms, uh, um, and and other other GCs and you know uh, larger GCs primarily uh, that do stuff like healthcare and they they want to sell a um, a hospital room, the layout uh, to the team that's actually going to be in there, get buy off from them by putting them in VR. Uh, mm-hmm. So that they can actually walk around the space and interact with the objects, and the the place that we're in now is just so amazing. I, I you know, ten years from now, I don't know where we're gonna be, where we're gonna be, um, other than AI doing a lot of stuff. But uh, the visualization aspect, man, this is pretty remarkable where we're at today. Yeah, it is. It really is, dude. I mean, we're coming so far with a lot of different things. It's, you know, I I had I recently had the opportunity to. Um, get involved with a client who is uh, very hard in AutoCAD. Honestly, they are, they are very fluent. Let's say that. I don't know why I use the word hard, but they're, they're very fluent in AutoCAD. They've had a Lisp routine. I think that they've been using since 1986 and um, this same Lisp routine, they've been running it today and it works for the most part, right? They, it works for what, what they need it to do, but it also kind of doesn't right it's it's they're they're starting to get to that point of where okay how how can how can we push this further how can um we start automating these workflows and you know getting to have that conversation with them somebody that you know knows this kind of list routine and what they're looking for the first conversation that i'm going to have with them when they're starting to move forward into newer versions of autocad or maybe revit what have you is is of course looking at dynamo it's going to be saying, you know, hey, you're already into programming in, in terms of this Lisp routine. You know what you're looking for. That's going to be the big thing. From there, let's go ahead and like they've already got that idea of how they want that uh, that that kind of chain or that code to look, right? That routine in that sense. And if if you can really start reverse engineering that with Dynamo, which is visual programming, right? You really just need to understand what you need, so what commands you need, and in what order they need to go in. And once you get to that point, dude, I, I really feel like it starts enabling people that might not have been so savvy or might not be as quick to be you know, just as fast as a professional. When we start to automate a lot of this work, that's a click of a button. You know, let's go ahead and select all of these elements. I'm going to grab these concrete columns, and I'm going to say from this column to column, this column to this column, I want to I want to apply a base plate, and I want to go ahead and and update all of these these columns with that. And you know, I press play, hit my box, you know, my selection box, and go. And you know, it, it's just it's just nuts what it is enabling. You know what I mean? Now, of course, we can get into generative generative design and things like that, where we start inputting the parameters, which of course really starts getting to, you know, AI and things like that um, to really start building that conversation. I mean, I, I'm very excited to see where we go. Well, um, well we're going to be talking about AI here uh, pretty soon uh, with someone else, and I'll I'll leave that teaser out there, and that's about it. Hoo-wee! Um, Man, it's, uh, it, I got to tell you, the times that we're in today, um, I know COVID sucks, right? But there's amazing things that are happening. Like we rolled out, you know, hit or miss, right? Take take it for whatever you want. We rolled out a vaccine pretty quickly. Um, 
uh, you know, you got interesting people uh, overthrowing, um, uh, you know, large stock market hedge fund types with uh, a Reddit page. You've got, hmm. uh, I don't know, just like interesting things seem to be happening all around us. Um, and, and in technology, construction technology, it's no different. Like the, the amount of acquisitions that are happening, you know, Autodesk announced a $1 billion acquisition in, in our old backyard, nonetheless, of a company we've never even heard of, which yep. is crazy. Um, and, you know, they're constantly making new investments and new acquisitions and other companies are doing new acquisitions and, and new technologies being pushed at the forefront, whether it's AI or uh, cloud technology or just, you know, the ideas of consolidating data to a single environment. Um, it's it's just an interesting place that we're getting to. Like we've, I think BIM was a big disruptor and it like um, put the industry on its heels and it, it made some people turn up the nose like, oh, it doesn't work for us because we don't have all the data. And now we're to the point where there's people that are implementing solutions to bring it all back to a holistic process. Because back in the day, it was all auto. AutoCAD, right? You you mm-hmm. wanted to design your building, you use AutoCAD architecture. You wanted to do your systems, you use AutoCAD MEP. You spit it out for fabrication to AutoCAD uh, uh, or fabrication CAD MEP. You uh, you did plants, it's AutoCAD plant 3D. You did the civil work, it was uh, civil 3D or land desktop, all you know, uh, in this AutoCAD ecosystem. Uh, map, you know, GIS, AutoCAD Map 3D. But now we're so segmented, and I feel like Revit was a big disruptor there, an inventor to some point, especially as we mm-hmm. get to the Revit Inventor integrations. Um, Navisworks was a good tool for us to kind of bridge all that stuff together, but, uh, um, it, you know, again, it's disconnecting data later downstream. Now we're getting to this point where, uh, people are, are really implementing solutions to kind of like bring BIM to the forefront. We're actually getting great tools, uh, in the AI space, like we just said, but also in, uh, predictive analytics, uh, in, in these platforms, consolidated platforms for visualization. So you don't need to buy every product to be able to load and view file types and all that sort of stuff. Like this is, this is cool. Like if, if I went back to school right now, right. And if I, if I was in school right now and I was going to go back in time or I was going to go and tell myself something, I'd say, look, you know, get your head out of the clouds and start paying attention to construction, you know, and, you know, as a young person, we think about construction as uh, blue collar work, swinging a hammer. And yes, it is. There's, you know, we need those people to do That's, that's hard work. They know how buildings get built, but at the same time, there's a lot of cool technology that's happening that like, it's, it, there are PhDs in this stuff for construction technology. It's crazy. It's so awesome, man. Sorry, I'm just geeking out. I'm excited. Nah, dude, I, I understand that completely. I mean, it is. There, There's a lot coming out for construction and for construction technology. I mean, one of the big things I was really excited about was, you know, coming into seeing InfoWorks. I mean, so being on the, you know, vertical construction side, I didn't really know what InfoWorks was kind of when I first got into it. And the deeper I that I got into it, the more that I enjoy it and realize that it's doing something that no other program out there is doing except for Navisworks, which is really to start aggregating that model data. But where InfoWorks really strives, I feel like that Navis doesn't, is again, holding that, um, the, the really kind of civil focused data but also, again, bridging it in with that Revit, with that Navisworks data, and and really helping to, like, I bring everything together. I've seen different workflows for, you know, where it's beneficial in 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 BIM in terms of visualization and collaboration, but also with, you know, the excavation teams. If we know that there are existing piles, or if they're putting this down, and here's our foundation. Uh, it helps the entire team to kind of visualize and understand what is needed in the project. And these workflows, as they continue to kind of, you know, work together and and grow, I guess it, it just, it gets me excited for the future of BIM. You know, we like to talk about what's brewing in BIM and, you know, that's a, that's a big thing. What is, what is brewing? I, I feel like it's, it's more coordination. It's more collaboration. It's enhanced collaboration and coordination through let's say something like a common data environment but again um the conversion of that data has been one of the most one of the biggest things that you know we've seen in in terms of let's say inventor infoworks revit 
you know, if you're using Tecla, if you're using Bentley, what have you. Now, Revit 2022, the other thing I wanted to talk about, aren't they using the uh, the new IFC version? Um, uh, so the they're two whatever two point yeah they're using the new the new IFC version. Um, I believe it it's up, upholding smart building smart standards, uh, but it, it it helps to give you a lot more data with those IFCs and um, kind of taking that Revit metadata or the Tecla metadata and bringing it in, which is 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 very important again for kind of visualization, but also as we keep saying collaboration, right? I, I want to uh, throw a little dirt on this just because I read this interesting article and that that read like a um, uh, I re I swear it read like a Russian spy novel or Cold War spy novel. It was very interesting, man. Um, it was this really long article about how all construction tech firms are backed by the same companies, um, and that's you know why we're not seeing the same level of development. I'm going to argue against that because um, I, I really believe we're seeing a lot of development. Um, I think what happens, you know, what what kind of burdens us is we get uh, a product that does so well that the, you know, at a certain point, the changes and improvements that get made to it become incremental. Like uh, mm -hmm. the changes become incremental. It's an old product. The the revolutionary things they happened a long time ago. That's not to say there are revolutionary things happening. So if you're gonna knock uh, a product for not advancing after it's already advanced for 30 years, you know. You know, we can have that conversation another time. But it, what that this article pointed out was that uh, Building Smart actually uh, had I, uh, Autodesk staff on board. So I don't know, man. It seems like maybe they're a little slow in adopting the new IFC format. If 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 in in fact uh, that is the case, again, man, this is probably like a conspiracy theory. <laughs> blog. I don't know who wrote this blog. It was very interesting. That was just so crazy and riveting. And if you're into CAD and BIM, it was just a, a cool thing to, to geek out on. And the graphics were, were very compelling. Um, yeah. But that said, like, uh, it was just like, you know, well, that got me thinking. It was like, well, why don't we have, uh, uh, you know, why are we slow to adopt BIM and IFC and all that sort of stuff? And it's like, well, I don't know, man. Autodesk saw the writing on the wall with Revit and really, really ramped it up. You look at Revit now versus what it was. It's night and day. It's a new product. It's amazing. It it is revolutionizing BIM. We're talking about connecting fabrication to civil to uh, plants to uh, the actual constructability processes and engineering and architecture in one program. This is phenomenal. And uh, I don't know, man. I'm I want to throw a little shade in there, but uh, I, I'm a big revitaholic, so I can't really throw too much. Yeah, shade. dude. I mean, no, I mean, it, it, you got to throw a little bit of shade every once in a well, while, I, of course. I, I want to seem unbiased, but that's really hard, man. Yeah. I've got a huge bias. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what gets me by is thinking about in that case that Autodesk is a, you know, it's a big company. It's a big machine. And in that case, I think about like one of those big boats in the Navy. They take a, you know, a lot of effort to go ahead and turn and start kind of coordinating, whereas a smaller smaller company or smaller kind of boat in this instance might take, you know, might be able to, to kind of switch easier. But yeah. I, I do see that, you know, it does take a little bit longer to, you know, bring these out. But at, at the same time, we've seen that they've been pretty steady kind of sending out these updates to keep up with client feedback, customer feedback, you know, so, and these other options that are yeah, kind of put up on that forum. And they're beholden to stockholders and, you know, they've, They've got, you know, employees to think about, you know, they, they can't make like there's there's a lot of things that, that, that you know, go into it rather than, you know, the uh, we are the now gen we want a now generation. Right. So, like, yep. I, you know, I want now it's got to be now, 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 now. So if it's not happening now, then obviously you're colluding against us and there's some dark, nefarious thing. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> we want it now, too. It's just a, it takes a <laughs> lot to make it done correctly yep. uh, or get it as correct as possible with today's data and environment. That said, man, you mentioned something, uh, the big ship steering, um, you know, in in all of my you know, I got this, you know, you know, fluff degree for no reason, the MBA. And, but there was one interesting aspect out of it that they kept preaching and that's agility, 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 agility. It's like, all right, well, we think about agility, we think about athletes, but really all it is, is being dynamic and being able to um, shift very quickly, uh, you know, bounce between one thing to the next. And, and uh, you know, um, you know, if that wave's coming at you, man, uh, you know, tilt your board and, and ride it out, you know, that sort of thing. Like you got to be able to, to, to have that kind of, 
um, uh, agility, I guess, <laughs> to, to make yeah. it happen. Yep. But this is where we're at. You know, you become a big ship. You know, Oracle's not not changing uh, their old database systems uh, for that same reason. They're a, it's not because they're colluding and it's too hard to write rewrite code. I mean, it is. Trust me, they have uh, legacy products, but you know, there at some point you become so big that it's hard to be uh, nimble and agile. It is with every with with each individual uh, person's idea. Really, what you have to have is have a, a tremendous feedback loop, which I think Autodesk has been building a, a, an amazing feedback loop with their uh, idea forums. Um, mm-hmm. I've had like four ideas that have been accepted and baked into a product, so I'm I'm ecstatic. I think I think their idea forums is a great feedback loop, but getting a feedback loop so you get enough people to vote you up and say yes, this is what we want, this is why we want it, and then you get them the uh, you know the people that know how to make it happen uh, in a room and they start hashing it out. Is this really a good idea? These people want this. What's going on? And then from there you actually get a tangible product uh, if, if if feasible, right? Um, but I think I don't know, man. Um, being agile uh, and, and, you know, being agile and being nefarious are two different things. You know, you, you can be a big business and not be agile. It doesn't mean you're nefarious. I just uh, I want to throw a little bit of shade back on that that article. It, again, it was an amazing article. Whoever wrote it put in some time like it was great. But at the same time, it's like eh, you made some points that aren't really points. Um, so uh, that said. Revit, come on. We need multi-thread, multi-core threading process, uh, processings. Come on. We need multi-core threading. Yeah. Well, not only that, we need, we need multi-core threading. We need some more, more support with uh, fabrication and prefabrication elements, and you know, being able to <clears throat> export these something elements out to sitting on. I feel like that's something that's being sat on as they spin up their new. Um, cloud services for the fabrication environment seeing what happens there I, I don't know man i could be wrong i feel like the if if uh the number one easy solution for all this is when they released revit and revit families and the integration with revit for fabrication or fabrication for revit whatever to call it there should have been a tool that converts itms and the surrounding data you can pick and choose what parameters you want and creates revit families for you based off of your existing catalog. That's how you get people to off of legacy products is by you know, giving them some tool to convert existing data so they don't have to go through that painful process all over again. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. Uh, a lot of times I think that, uh, I mean, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, it's the information, it's the translation of that information, right? And how we are able to understand it again downstream um, through, you know, throughout its multiple different uses, we get back into the the ops so, conversation, the, you know, the tandem conversation. Um, so so it, I, I want to touch back to something to your point there, what you just said, you said getting back to the data downstream to a usable, like, so it's usable. Um, what is the easiest way for you to for you to see something as usable, uh, I think it, for me it gets back to what you said earlier. Usable data downstream is actually gets ties back to the visualization. If I can see it, even though I don't have a CAD program, know how to use CAD, if I can see that data, if I can visualize it in some way in context, other stuff, that's that's gold. Like if I can take a measurement inside of there, like that's this is data I need. Give me the parameters, give, or give me the uh, properties palette, the attributes, um, the visualization concept. Uh, concept like this is, um, I think that's really for me the usable piece. But anyways, man, I'll I'll turn the question no, back. No, dude, up. no, that's 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 I I feel like that's it's the same thing. It's the information that you can get out of it, right? That's the big usage. Um, it, it's you know obviously the visualization is going to be huge for anyone involved in the project, but it's got to be what information can you also pull out with it? It's that metadata, right? I mean that's that's. One of the biggest things that we've seen, whether it's storing, you know, model data in the cloud, it's conversion of scan to BIM information, anything like that. It, it, it's, I mean, dude, it's 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 about the information that we can translate from one software to the next. Hey, man, right? I'm a GIS nerd. Met- 
the data is is literally it. You could hand somebody uh, a file with all the information you or you know with the uh, generic information, but if you didn't have the metadata, the systems inside of the like the, the the text at the at the forefront of all your data that tells you it's just a little text file to send somebody with their GIS data. It tells you you know what the data is, uh, collection methods, um, uh, usually uh, coordinate systems, that sort of stuff. Otherwise, the data is almost unusable. You need that metadata. And I know you on the scanning side uh, are doing so much with scanning and stuff these days. Uh, it's those metadata, those those small files that accompany the point cloud, the .LASs and all that stuff that actually help you stitch your, your scans together. In a oh, dude, format. it's so nuts how important <laughs> those files are. Like the support, you don't think about it until you get into the situation where somebody sends you an RCS or the RCP and you have no support data with it. And you're like, okay, well, um, it's not, it's not opening. It's, I mean, you miss, and it's so funny because it's, it's, I mean, almost sticks out to me like coding in a way where if you miss one simple small thing, it ruins your whole processing operation. Four yeah. hours wasted. Oh just like, yeah. Not here, but you know, that's one of those things that comes with time, I guess. And you know, six years from now, you're gonna open your file, and the first thing you're gonna check is like, all right. As formats are, I got it. I got all the data I need. Let's see. Let's try it now. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's crazy, though. You're, uh, you've rapidly turned into uh, one of the the scan legends here, man. Uh, you're doing some some remarkable things. So I just wanted to praise you for that. Um, Dude, it's been so much fun, honestly. And it's been um, the the great thing about it is is it's uh, kind of information and workflows that. I can learn from, you know, supporting our clients. So that, that, that's been one of the biggest things about it is it, it, making those relationships, but learning from everyone's mistakes. You know what I mean? That's that's actually one of the biggest things that you can think about as um, someone new to scanning. You got to understand that you're going to make mistakes, right? Yeah. But knowing what those mistakes are, how they're typically avoided or how you can work around them. Dude, that is a whole nother animal in that sense of preparing yourself or, or get, well, prepping for success, right? Or kind of setting yourself up for success. And I've been able to learn, like I said, through many different relationships, conversations, consulting opportunities, um, and, and even just with things that I've done myself, you know, um, it just, it takes a little bit of, of time and, and experience, I guess, practice with the scanner, learning what targets, like really get into, you know, what equipment are you using? What targets are you using? What workflows are you really, you know, looking to utilize for, you know, what you're doing? Is it, do you need more density? Do you need more speed? You know, there, there's so many different ways that we can get into kind of scanning, but at the same time, man, another kind of conversation I had earlier this week was, um, actually a person that wasn't going to be doing the scanning, but was going to be translating the scan data, you know, and, and a lot of his questions were about, Hey, what do I, what can I expect when I, when I get these scan files, you know, um, excuse me. Um, what, what do I need to kind of prep for how much time, how much time am I looking at or what level of effort am I looking at for, you know, process? let's say processing these point cloud files over excuse me um like doing some scan to bim some translation of of this scan file right and really that i mean those are those are two huge parts anyways but there are things that you that you learn and and things that you kind of see as you get more experience if you're going to run it through something like edgewise you're going to run it through rhythm i mean even Very let's let's back it up yeah, Verity, you know, whatever it is, like we can even back it up to if you're processing it, whatever processing software you're using, recap, collage, you know, what have you. Um, one thing you really got to think about is chunking up that data. If you're getting big data sets, start thinking about, you know, splitting it up and chunking that uh, data up so you can not only process it quicker, but another thing that you need to look about it or look at and think about is what are you doing with that data downstream? If you're looking to translate it into, you know, parametric families with something like Edgewise um, to export into Revit, 
okay, cool. You know, let's focus on specific portions of this building, whether we're looking at walls, we're looking at floors, we're looking at, you know, windows or doors, or, you know, we're looking at the structure or the piping, things like that. Um, let, let's kind of focus the information that we're pushing out to it, even with verification. If we can, you know, verify our ducts or verify our structure, you know, any way to break that information apart and kind of start, I guess, chunking out that information is going to really help you um, with not only handling, but also sharing that data in, in terms of um, another thing I wanted to talk about was was aggregating that data, right? Well, uh, before you get into aggregating that data, so sharing that data, I feel like is the next step for point clouds and 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 uh, scan data and stuff like that. I mean, they're big files. Yep. How do you share them? I feel like yep. this is kind of the next frontier of where we're getting is, um, you know, systems that that are or platforms rather that give us the ability to uh, share data in a meaningful way uh, when it it is large, unstructured data. I mean, yes, obviously there are structured scans, the .rcp mm -hmm. for, file format, for instance. But um, you know, like being able to scan, to to share and visualize. Our, the old workflow for me was you save it to uh, Navisworks, you upload to BIM 360 from there. Um, I know things have changed where you can do an RCP, but the visualization piece still isn't there. Um, or I keep yep. saying BIM 360, ACC, whatever they're on now. Uh, <laughs> sorry, man. I'm I love BIM 360. I'm still pro BIM 360 team. Uh, the switch to ACC has got me uh, befuddled at the moment, but uh, I'll get over it. I will, I promise. Um, but but being able to share that data. So like you know, this is something I haven't really seen is a way to share the data in these way. I just downloaded. Uh, I can't tell you how large it was. It was a it was a road scan, uh, so a scan of probably about eight miles of road, and it was so hard and and uh, for me to download. It took me like four hours to download the file, for instance. But um, once it was downloaded, um, you know, opening it, unpackaging it, being able to use the data, like it, it becomes so cumbersome. But being able to share the data in a meaningful way and provide visualization tools along with it, that's got to be the next piece, I think for us in this this space no sorry man get back to the the aggregating i <laughs> know you're you're completely right joey i mean i know that we could go on for hours about this stuff and and the way that you know we're sharing the data the way that people are are learning how to utilize it the different processes that they can utilize but um yeah dude i mean kind of aggregating that data like sharing those point clouds is very hard you know, I, I've seen, I think I personally try to use WeTransfer. I use OneDrive sometimes, but if you don't have the proper permissions, if a person is outside of your company, you start running into roadblocks. If your scan is over two gigs, you need WeTransfer Pro. You know, there's different things that start popping up and, you know, how can you share this information with, you know, different people who want to visualize it or different people want to get into it. Um, of course, we have not seen anything in terms of the BIM 360 viewer or the ACC viewer. Um, now, one thing I will tell you guys that I have seen is the capability to link point clouds that are hosted on BIM 360 into a Revit central model. Now, that I've seen, which is it, it's kind of a workaround at this point in time, but I've seen it happening because essentially um, Revit can look for uh, well, relative links in the case of it's, it, you know, point clouds, it's looking for a username. So if, if you are, let's say, linking to BIM 360 from Revit into the, you know, your central model, and you want everyone involved to be able to, you know, visualize that point cloud, essentially what would need to happen is that everyone would download that point cloud to their local cache, right? Their local computer. Once they have it, they can utilize that link to BIM 360 because it's a relative path, right? They need the initial data stored on their local machine. And as, as it changes, they can kind of go ahead and update it as needed um, as the version changes, things like that. Um, but they can essentially utilize that common data environment to help them visualize the different changes that are happening if they are receiving different scans. Now, another another kind of tip or trick that I would throw out there in this instance is that um, kind of aggregating that data, right? 
one big thing you got to think about is where are you hosting all of these different point clouds? Are you are you trying to bring them together in recap or um, are you, you know, chunking them out and, and inserting inserting them as links in in Revit or Navisworks or, you know, Infoworks, what have you? Um, a lot of times, I'll be honest, uh, I see people starting like a blank Revit project or something and and linking a lot of these different files, these different point clouds together and, you know, saving it as a project or saving it as a Navisworks project, so forth. Just because linking them in um, saves you a lot of, of, of uh, storage space, essentially, and a lot of time opening and navigating through those files. Yeah, I, man, that uh, Revit workaround you said, though, that that feels like something that uh, maybe we should put a video up on. Um, I think that would be pretty cool. Uh, and I'm sure yeah, you've done it. We can definitely, yeah, we could definitely show up, put up a video, dude. No problem at all. Um, it, it's I actually looked it up on Autodesk's uh, forum and was able to find a lot of data about it there just because uh, they know that it is a problem that people do want to be able to collaborate on point clouds. I mean, why would we not be able to collaborate on a point cloud within BIM 360? Um, at this point, it's it's been kind of difficult to utilize that in a collaborative environment, right? Because of course, um, even though everyone is using the, you know, desktop connector or they're going straight with BIM 360 design into, you know, up to BIM 360 to open those central models, um, they're all still essentially kind of um, reaching out, I guess, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, gosh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, it's all good, man. I, I feel like, um, you know, there's a lot of information out there now about BIM 360 and what's what's becoming capable. Um, and, and point clouds collaboration, I don't think is going away, especially as we work more and more with point clouds and more people are into it and, and scan technology comes along. Uh, you know, there are still limitations with scan technology, though, that kind of, you know, gets me a little angry at, at some at sometimes. But uh um, like these backpack scanners, like you think they'd be so awesome and stuff, but processing the data sucks. It's horrible. Don't do yep. it. You know, yep. I, I argue against it, but like, you know, once, you know, once we, you know, I don't know, make a turn in the industry on scanning and scanning, uh, um, you know, get some new revolutionary components to it. Um, the data, I don't know if the data is able to get smaller. I don't know. Cause I feel like the data is only going to get bigger because we're going to collect more points, yep. but, but either way, um, the platform in which we share data, access data, collaborating data, I feel like that's going to, that's the piece that's going to evolve, um, I agree. more so than the, the actual scan application. So that said, man, my phone crapped out on me. I almost bought the iPhone 12. Uh, just for the the Pro Max, whatever it is, just so yeah. I have the damn lidar. The reviews for it, you know, for for real lidar applications are, are atrocious, but it is cool. I gotta tell you, man, it was cool. I just would have been kicking myself, like, damn it, I you know switched Android to this just for this application. So I don't know. I feel like I'd I'd have to find a way to make the most out of it somehow. In all honesty, I got it. <laughs> I just got the iPhone 12 Pro Max because, you know, it's funny you were telling me about uh, you and your wife's uh, kind of charger and phone issues. And my iPhone, I think it was like the 10XR or whatever it was, iPhone XR, um, it just stopped charging. Uh, it stopped charging and then it started dying a lot faster and faster. And then I just, I took it in and essentially ended up doing a trade-in on an iPhone 12 uh, so, Pro so Max. So there was... There was a series of security updates that came out for both iPhone and Android over the past few months. And I don't know what's going on, what's in the water here, but uh, that's four people now that I know that uh, their phones just stopped charging out of the blue. Just and we don't we none of us use the same charger. None of us. uh, uh, We aren't in the same houses except for me and my wife. We you know, we had the same issue, but we don't use the same chargers. Uh, We don't you know, whatever it is. Um, the phones just stopped charging. So uh, uh, Sir Charles Smith there, uh, he ran into the same issue with his uh, Note 10 Plus, um, and he had to upgrade to the S21 like myself. And, uh, you know, I say upgrade. 
I feel like it's more of a downgrade. The, you know, you're you're a big uh, Bluetooth uh, earpods guy. I just I love plugging. I don't know what it is. Uh, I like plugging in a wired connection uh, simply because. Um, I don't want my Bluetooth signal picking up any other paired devices that I have. Um, and so far I haven't found anything that has really come out of that. So like if you have your cell phone paired and your computer paired, say you're on a call conference call with your computer, but you get a text from your cell phone it chimes in. Do you, does that happen to you? Yeah. Oh yeah. All the time. Oh, that bugs me, man. So it's like, just give me a wired connection for that. Handle it. I'm old school, I guess, you know, in two years time, I'll, I'll probably change my mind. But now the, the Samsungs don't have the, they're like, you know, iPhones now they don't have the, uh, the auxiliary jacks. Um, you know, they don't come with a lot of stuff. They don't come with the charging block for your phone. And it's just a lot of like little things that, uh, my Samsung S eight plus was badass at that this phone, you know, they feel like uh, we'll give you a better camera, and that's your trade-off. I, I don't care. You know, camera's a camera to me. I, it doesn't matter. I'm not doing anything uh, creative with my cameras. I'm sorry, man. Nah, dude. Yeah. I mean, I I I don't know. I've I've I thought the same kind of way. Obviously, I've, I'm kind of looking at it like. Uh, well, the iPhone 12, I'm not going to lie. I did just get it for the LiDAR. Dude, um, that's I would have got it, man. The LiDAR yeah, is freaking... I was looking at it like, I can I can pretend to be this awesome photographer all I want. I'm not. Uh, I just got it to geek out with the LiDAR capabilities and, of course, still utilize FaceTime and things like that. And then, of course, with, with the new version of Recap um, Pro having the scan-to-mesh capabilities, I, I, I am further hoping to kind of uh, investigate and, and educate myself in the realm of the LiDAR uh, scanning capability and mesh creation from the iPhone 12. Dude, Recap's new scan to mesh. They brought it back. Speaking of this, uh, scan to mesh was a, a feature that was around uh, in beta years back. It was it was a cool thing that they took away from us. And I was so like, I was pretty angry because it was my favorite thing about Recap. We've got it back. 2022 scan to mesh is back it's here yes it uses cloud credits but uh rob sinclair on linkedin uh that's rob uh, sinclair of uh, cec uh go check out his his post he just posted something uh, i guess uh over the weekend where he took the the uh voltaire uh italy scan that he did while he was out there he goes every year and does this scan with uh, uh autodesk and a bunch of other people and uh he he stitched it all together it took no time at all in the cloud to process cost him 40 cloud credits and he has a real mesh out of his scan and it was it was awesome um he's got that up there to view and then for you on the iphone man if you haven't go check out matt bird from nexus 3d consulting uh, he's got a whole series on the iphone uh, uh for lidar uh the iphone light, lidar capabilities how it stacks up against commercial applications and just really cool things you can do with it um so go check him out so shout out to matt bird and uh rob sinclair well speaking of rob sinclair uh he was on our he's in our raffle for uh the the whiskey thing and uh um we're gonna you know announce it at the same time i guess of this episode we did a live drawing you can see no cheating uh, it was a random spinner but uh rob sinclair actually won our um uh, our giveaway so that was pretty cool so uh props all around this is awesome yeah yeah dude cool cool well um man i feel like you know we're gonna do like a million more episodes on scanning uh and as the technology evolves because it's what we do man this is all brewing with bim we're gonna <laughs> drink beer brewing with uh, bim. I, I say drink beer man we haven't we got to get back to beer pretty soon i need to actually brew some but uh we've been on a whiskey kick for I don't know, like four months now. Maybe it's COVID, like, you know, just COVID or maybe it's colder weather. I don't know. But it's like, damn it, I need something stronger than a beer. So we've been drinking whiskey quite a bit. But uh, we'll get back to beer pretty soon. If you got some beer recommendations for us, shoot them our way. We, we're all about it. We want to know it. But as the scanning stuff uh, progresses and as you do more stuff with your iPhone, maybe this is something you record. Uh, start putting your iPhone to, to test and start posting some videos. And um, I, I know with all the free time you've got. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 no, I'm just saying uh, it'd be pretty cool. It'd be pretty cool. I, I feel like this would be the only thing I would use my iPhone for if, you know, I'd be, I'd be mad that I switched to iPhone, but at the same time, I'd be recording nonstop with the, the scan and everything I'm doing with it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Heck yeah, dude, I'd definitely be down to share some videos. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I can't wait to, until I can get into my house so I can keep playing with it a little more and, 
and uh, start figuring out what I want to do with it there. At this point, I'd, I'd end up scanning the, the pop-up camper that I'm staying in, so that I don't think that's going to be yeah. very impressive. Hey, so, <laughs> hey, hey, real quick, man, is uh, I'm just curious here, asking for a friend, but is an iPhone 12 uh, with lighter capabilities a tax write-off if I use it for my podcast? Asking for a friend. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to know the answer to that question as well. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, everybody, thank you for joining us again um, for another episode. We always like to talk about what's brewing uh, in BIM, right, and and kind of what we're seeing on the forefront. Uh, one, one of the episodes we got coming up for you guys, I'm very, very, very excited about um, kind of goes along with what we were talking about today with, you know, AI and kind of gener generative design and things of that nature. So uh, keep on the lookout for for that podcast. Woo -woo. And uh, stay tuned. Dave and I are going to do a I don't know. I didn't say we're going to do we, we're hoping to do a uh, in-person Dave and I live in the same room, which hasn't happened since AU uh, pretty much uh, type recording uh, or maybe I'm wrong and I just have no memory. But uh, I'll be in Indiana in, I don't know, like two and a half weeks. Uh, you'll, you're not going anywhere. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, we'll have to get together and record. Yeah, dude. Sounds good. Woo -woo. All right. Well, thanks everybody. And, uh, stay thirsty, my friend. Stay thirsty. My friend. <laughs> We're getting sued. <laughs> Thank you.